Alright, welcome back. Today we're going to be talking about the WEF conference, which is now over, and the shocking, shocking things that came out from that conference. And I've got to be honest, even for someone like me who follows and tracks everything they do, some of the things that came out of this conference really took me by surprise. Most of it not because I read the Global Risk Report every year. I'll uh, show you that in a moment. And we'll go into the brain reading stuff uh, very shortly, which is really weird. It reminds me of the Black Mirror, if you've ever watched those episodes where they can read your brain waves and they can put you in these simulations forever. And I mentioned on yesterday's video how we're moving into this 1984 era, the book obviously written by George Orwell in 1948, where whatever you said that was right was now wrong, and what was wrong is now right. And this conference really is just the gift that keeps on giving. It's given me so much content, and I'm going to be bringing out more videos to break down different things that they are planning and talking about and what they're going to be doing in the future. But I thought some of the opening remarks were quite interesting on this year's conference. Baffling would probably be the more accurate word, or as I said in my Friday walk and talk, hypocrisy. One of the guys came on and talked about how we need to be role models as leaders for the future around climate and energy and food security and finances and all this. And I'm sat there going, hold on, you guys could have had this conference online, you know, you Zoom or something like that. But instead, what you did was you all flew in on your private jets. And they're talking about climate emergency, right? They all flew in on their private jets to eat steaks that were flown in from Japan at $1,000 a steak. They all live in these huge mansions with a huge carbon footprint. Oh, goodness me, just makes me laugh. And then they talk about energy and how you've got to be responsible with energy. They live in huge, huge houses. They fly on private jets. They have convoys of gas-guzzling vehicles. And then when it comes to finance, well, there's just no way that people like that can be responsible financially. Do you know the cost, the entrance cost to actually go to the conference this year? Absolutely staggering. So I just loaded up this document, which I've got on screen in front of me. I want to just read this out. So they're talking about these main crises that they need to, you know, we need to figure this out. How do we figure out these crises? So it's energy, food, inflation, technology for innovation, social, social vulnerabilities and geopolitical risk. Well, you can solve the energy crisis quite easily by not obstructing energy companies from actually creating energy. So that solves that straight away. The food crisis, stop buying the farmer's land, stop putting restrictions on farmers and then, you know, taking their land and rewilding it. Stop doing all the other manipulation with food that is going on as well. Inflation, very easy to solve. Stop printing over and over again more currency, which is a theft of the people's savings. Technology for innovation. I'm going to talk about this in a moment because this is some pretty disturbing things. Social aspects and vulnerability. Well, again, stop manipulation of the people. Stop doing this heavy levels of censorship. Now, each year I cover the global risk report and I'm going to do this in a video coming up. But what I wanted to draw your attention to was number eight on the two-year scale. So remember, these are extremely accurate risks for the future. Everything from the, the pandemic or plandemic, whatever it is to you, right through to the cost of living crisis, the inflation, 
all these other things and the war that they have forecast almost perfectly. So what have they got here? This is the one that I think is the biggest risk for everyone right now. So I want you to become aware of this, make a note of it, do whatever you need to do. This is a cyber pandemic, which I think is very likely to occur and is also the only one in purple here under technological. Now we're going to be covering all of these videos from the WEF. There's too many sessions for me to go into at the moment. I've got a good probably 15 to 20 hours worth of sessions to watch through yet. And then I can bring the uh, concise information to you. But I do want to talk today about, and this is um, courtesy of Truth Talk UK, who've done a good job here in actually looking at some of the points already. So in some of the opening addresses and what Schwab has said, he said, our generation has reached a turning point confronted by existential problems, climate change, wars and viruses, and they can all lead to the extinction of large parts of the global population. Well, it's interesting that that would come out because we're already seeing at the moment population numbers declining, actually falling off a cliff. Birth rate is now dropping off a cliff and has been for a long time. Sperm count is collapsed. Women's fertility has collapsed as well. I have a lot of theories on this, uh, which I'll probably come to on another video. But we are seeing this um, excess deaths this year are up massively as well. So uh, he's pretty accurate in that statement. How on earth does he know this stuff before it happens? Uh, what else has he said? When we look at the crises we are in, or the crisis that we're in right now, he says, I see it less as a crisis in the usual sense. I see it as a whole transformation, we'll come on to that in a moment, of our global system. Now, what does he mean by that? Well, we are actually in a stage right now of transformation globally. And this is all as a result of the fourth industrial revolution, as well as some other technologies, which we're not supposed to uh, talk about. But what we can talk about, and I want to bring your attention to, is this catastrophic cyber event likely in the next two years. So I actually do think that this is a very likely event to happen. And the reason why is because it actually benefits a lot of people. It benefits the central banks. It benefits governments. It benefits the, the finance industry, the shadow banking sector. It benefits pretty much everyone who controls the money or more accurately currency right now. Why? Because if you look at most money as you think of it, the majority of it is actually debt. It is one giant Ponzi scheme, as can easily be proven by the fact that recently the USA is lifting this debt ceiling again. Well, why do they say they have to lift the debt ceiling? Because it is a giant Ponzi scheme. They need to create new currency at the top in order to pay out people below it. And if you don't keep creating this new debt, which is what it is, it's not money, then the whole thing will just fall apart. And this is where you've heard me talk before about the CBDC, which thankfully now is no longer a conspiracy theory. It's accepted by mainstream media as well as the general public that this digital currency is going to come along. So years ago when I was talking about this, I was you know, even laughed at by my own friends who thought I was nuts. So it's good to see that it's in the public eye now, but 
it's really in the public eye for the wrong reasons. It's in the public eye now because they want to prepare the public for this digital currency to come. And I've outlined before, and I'll do a full video on it at some point, how I think this is going to come about. But it's going to be similar to what I talked about in the Great Depression diaries that I made. You're going to see it on a Friday. They're going to close the doors, and then that will be it for the banking sector. Some big emergency happens. Monday's a bank holiday. All the banks are closed, and they say, you know, the president or the prime minister will come on the TV and say, look, this, you know, Russia has caused this thing or or China or whoever they're going to blame it on. They're going to blame it on someone, even though it's nothing to do with any of these other people. It's because the Ponzi is finally ended, which it always does. Eventually, you run out of, of people to actually keep the Ponzi going. And that is what will happen. This current debt system will collapse under the weight of the higher interest rates and the increased payments. The government just will not be able to tax people enough in order to fund the scheme. So when we keep talking about this cyber uh, event that's going to happen, I do believe it will happen. And when it does happen, you are going to see a crisis, a collapse, unlike anything you have ever seen. You think the last three years has been bad. You haven't seen anything yet. And that's why I made those videos for you on the banking sector, on bail-in law, which they've passed. If you, you know, I know a lot of people think this is crazy talk, and I get it all the time. But if you just put that to the side and you look at everything very logically and rationally and a step-by-step -step process, you'll see that what I talk about in these videos is true. It's just that they haven't happened yet. Look at the stuff I talked about from early 2020. It's all sort of come through and played out. Now, a few of them haven't, like the Great Reset video. Almost everything in that video has now passed, except the last point on the digital currencies and why all these big players are part of the WEF meeting. How on earth do they spend so much to come to the meeting? Why would they do that when they're busy? It's because of the benefits and all of this global planning that they can be a part of. And, and look, these people are reading from scripts. Let me just show you this one. The most striking finding that we found is that 93% of cyber leaders and 86% of cyber business leaders believe that the geopolitical instability makes a catastrophic cyber event likely in the next two years. Okay, so it doesn't take a genius to realize that he's been given that script. I mean, it's not exactly hard to remember those statistics. He's obviously been given those numbers and that script to read there. So, so here it is, 93% of cyber leaders believe this is going to happen. 86% of business leaders. In other words, ladies and gents, this is going to happen. I believe there will be another crisis. It will be more significant. We need to actually start preparing for that now. So that's what he said in the 2020 Cyber Polygon event, which is this here, by the way. If you want to learn more, cyberpolygon.com, which is pretty interesting and gives you an insight as to what they are preparing for. So I don't have any doubt in my mind that this is going to happen at some point in the very near future. And when you've got Klaus saying a lack of cybersecurity has become a clear and immediate danger to our society worldwide, uh, and he said that at last year's Cyber Polygon, you need to sort of pay attention to that and really start thinking about where your assets are 
Are you well protected against this? What about your banking assets? And look at the word he's using here, worldwide. That's your keyword. He's not saying, oh, it might happen in the US or Australia or something like that. No, he's saying worldwide. What else did he say? Well, he talks about how we pay insufficient attention to the frightening scenario of a comprehensive cyber attack. Hey, did you like the uh, accent there? Which would bring a complete halt to the power supply. Hmm, what have we seen recently? A lot of issues with the power supply. Transportation, what do they want to do with transportation? They want to put us onto this electrical vehicle grid with kill switches for your vehicle if there isn't enough electricity. What if you do something wrong? Well, they're probably going to bring you in. That car's going to take you to the nearest police station and lock you in. You've got no choice. But not just that, they're also talking about hackable humans now. So this was a really, really unbelievable session that I watched. I've got to watch it again and make notes on it because this took me, I was so shocked when I saw this session at what she was saying that I didn't even make any notes because I thought, this is this real? Is this like what they're talking about in 10 to 20 years time? No, this is now or it's coming up. So this lady was talking about how they can now decode faces that you know you're seeing in your mind and shapes and numbers your pin number to your bank account and that we're not far off all of this they did this really weird video and uh, let me just tell you what basically they're talking about here so they're talking about in the future how they can use this technology for dissidents or people who they feel are a danger to the public or the state Guess who these people are? No surprise whatsoever. They are the conspiracy theorists. Those people who didn't go along with the COVID narrative. But what are they saying that they can do with this technology in the future then? Well, let's say you are one of these people that they're talking about. What they can do is they can put these wearable. So it's either wearable or it can be implanted where a court order can be actually issued. So they can implant this technology for the safety of the government, the system, or the citizens. And then they can read your brainwave. So they can put you through these tests and say, you know, they might put up something like a picture of Trudeau <laughs> or or Jacinda Ardern, or, you know, and they say, you know, what do you think? Well, in fact, they don't even need to ask you the question. They just put up the image and your brain will instantly tell them whether or not you like that person or you don't. And if you don't, well, they say, oh, hold on, this guy here, why doesn't he not like this lovely, wonderful leader. You know, this is the sort of stuff they can do in the future with this technology. I'm not making this up. Let me read on. Artificial intelligence has enabled advances in decoding brain activity in ways we never before thought possible. What you think, what you feel, it's all just data data that in large patterns can be decoded using AI. We can pick up emotional states like are you happy or sad or angry? So again, this is the technology that they will use when they are testing you in the future. Surveillance of the human brain has a dystopian possibility of being used to exploit and bring to the surface our most secret self. So they're reading your brain waves here and then 
it will actually give an alert if there's something not right. Just imagine that, this is you here, and then your brain monitor goes off and gives an alert to this guy over here. Can you imagine that? And he's like, oh, hold on, what? Let me review for the government what just went off in her brain. I know this sort of sounds really dystopian and crazy, but this is the sort of thing that's been going on at this conference. And you remember Harari, who I actually used to like years and years ago until I started looking into him more and realized, actually, this guy's a bit of a nutcase. And he talked about in 2020 how that we are now hackable animals. And he went on to talk about this. Just imagine North Korea, or actually replace North Korea with USA or Canada. Just imagine America in 20 years where everybody has to wear a biometric bracelet, which constantly monitors your brain activity 24 hours a day. You listen to a speech on the radio by the great leader, Biden, and they know what you actually feel. You can clap your hands and smile, but if you're angry, they know you'll be in the gulag tomorrow morning. And then they talked about this internet of bodies as well, which might trigger breakthroughs in medical knowledge, or it might enable a surveillance state of unprecedented intrusion and consequence. Yeah, I think what it's gonna do is, is the latter. It's pretty obvious. And again, I'd love to just keep going for hours and hours on all of this, but I know your time is valuable, so I just want to keep going over the succinct points. But these are just examples of some of the stuff that the government wants to implement in the future. Everything from, look, the implant in the right hand, the mark on the head, oh gosh, depression headset, which will no doubt release some sort of neurochemicals or dopamine or something, I would have thought. Uh, augmented reality contact lenses. Yeah, in fact, I'll tell you about uh, an interesting story another time about a client I have who's actually building this for a government at the moment, which was a story that pretty uh, shocked me when he told me about how uh, they were also designing these massive, not made of concrete, these blocks, but these are where people may have to live in the future in these cities and all this. It was, it was a crazy story. I'll share it with you at some point. But yeah, wearable pacemaker monitor. Well, we know why they need these pacemaker monitors now, don't we? And then they've even got stuff for babies. Oh, yes, we've got the, the babies as well. I mean, this stuff is absolutely nuts. But just to wrap up then, they also talked about bioengineering, a new species of human. So Harari was talking about once you hack something, you can definitely re-engineer it. That's why he believes that within a century or two, Earth will be dominated by entities that are more different than us than we are different from Neanderthals or from chimpanzees. The transhuman, again, keyword trans here, Agenda is happening now. It's being programmed into our subconscious through movies, art, and the media. We are entering an era of inorganic life, and if this technology is not regulated, a tiny elite can shape the life forms of the future. Those who have the money and the power to infuse their bodies with AI will become a new species capable of feats we cannot even imagine at this time. Well, personally, I don't think it's gonna take a century, like he's mentioned there, 100 years, 200 years for this to come about. It will happen much, much faster. One thing I talked about a long, long time ago now, so I should probably make a new video on it, is this technocracy class. Technocrats are people that are, many people confuse them with bureaucrats, but they're actually very different. 
These are people that master and have control of technology and they'll be able to use it to their advantage in the future to devastating effects. So you're going to see all this sort of technology coming into the mainstream from anti-aging and AI implants and we know that Elon Musk is working on the Neuralink at the moment and then they're talking even about and this really is Black Mirror but uploading your consciousness in the future to a mainframe so that you never die and even though it sounds sci-fi this is actually science fact it can be done in the future because of what they are talking about and how everything now is just um, data it's just brain waves it can be decoded and stored so if you thought all of this ai and sci-fi was a hundred years away it's not it's coming very very quickly at a rapid rate and that's what the fourth industrial revolution was all about in the first place and i actually think in 2021 we already began this global trial of moving into this new digital uh, future of human beings and the, the wef talks about this um, cataclysm that we are moving into where a lot of people are going to be dying off again this is not me saying it although i talk about it a lot this is them talking about it how we're having there's just too many crises and it's going to lead to a very large amount of deaths going forward which are unavoidable so i just think it's a shame in some ways that many people just didn't listen to all of these warnings and, and everything that's been going on for the last few years now and, and just thought people talking about this stuff were were crazy. Whereas now you can see it daily in the mainstream media. You can read these risk reports. You can read everything. You can watch the videos from the WEF and hear it from the horse's mouth what they are doing. And I highly recommend if you want to stay ahead of this thing like I have, I'm pleased to say that I am somewhat self-sufficient now in everything that I do. And it takes a long time, my friends. This thing takes years to, to put into place. So you've really got to start now if you're not happy to move into this new system. If you're happy to move into the new system, don't worry about it. Forget what I said. Go back to just, you know, doing what you do on a day-to-day -day basis. But if you're not happy about the new system that we're going into, you've really got to start taking action now in order to avoid it all right i know pretty deep video today a lot of uh interesting things i've uh, i've said here especially if you're a new subscriber you're probably thinking what have i just heard here but thanks so much for watching really appreciate you take care god bless you guys and i will see you again tomorrow take care